This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Exchange, where we're talking everything brand, customer experience, and post-purchase in e-commerce. As always, you have myself, Alex, and Tim, but today we also have a guest that I think is the living embodiment of what we talk about on this show. Him and his brand have become my go-to example on how to build a community in e-commerce. He is one of the top grooming brands on Shopify. His YouTube channel is at 1.6 million subscribers and growing. So I'm pleased to welcome Eric Banholtz from Beard Brand to talk about building a community and how he did it on YouTube. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. I mean, I'm probably in a little bit of a unique situation here because I was a fan of Beard Brand even before I got into the e-commerce space. So I've been following your videos since I was in university. I was probably like, man, I don't even know when that was, 2013, 2014 at some point. And um, talking about building a community and customer experience is like, I'm the proof that you're doing a great job of that because I've been in your community for years and making that transition from being a customer, being a listener, a viewer of your content to getting onto the e-commerce side and now getting to talk to you about how to do it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you uh, being one of those early followers. I don't think we had too many followers back in 2013. <laughs> so uh, uh, you're, you're one of the OGs out there. I mean, I didn't really have that great of a beard at the time, but I was looking on how to actually grow one, which is, I think, what a lot of your content was about at the time. But I think that's one of the best places to actually start is maybe take us back to the beginning. Like, why did you choose to build on YouTube back then? Yeah, I wish I had some like really insightful, like well-planned type of response. But the reality is uh, I got the idea for uh, Beard Brand. I shared it with my buddy, John Reisinger. And John's like, hey, we should do a YouTube channel. I was like, Okay. <laughs> so it was pretty much the extent of uh, the thought process that went into YouTube. And uh, John is uh, John was kind of one of the founders of the community. Uh, he's, he's no longer with the company, but he uh, set it up and he had this idea and this vision, but he wasn't a bearded guy. So we had this channel called Beard Brand. He would create content. And I think you'd get like five views or something like that. And uh, as the the token bearded guy of the the two, it kind of left me as a de facto uh, content creator. So uh, yeah, I just started creating content with like no strategy at all. And uh, I kind of had this vision for what I wanted Beard Brand to become. Um, but from a marketing perspective, I had never at the time built a, a successful business. So I had no idea what I was doing. Everything was learning in the early days. Yeah, I think we hear a lot like when we're talking like startup stories, we I feel like I always hear that is like I wasn't I wasn't a marketing guy. I was just doing the thing that felt right. And like were there I mean clearly you've been a success story both the brand and the community, but like was there a specific point where you said to yourself like what we're doing on YouTube is the right strategy? Like we might not know how to measure it, but we know what we're doing feels right. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, that first year, so we launched the YouTube channel in January or really February of 2000. 12. And that first year, I think I had like six videos. So it's like a video every two months, which is not really, uh, you know, actively building a YouTube channel. And then we launched the business side of Beard Brand in um, January of 2013. So a year later, and it was kind of at that point that we were simultaneously building the Beard Brand YouTube channel along with uh, the Beard Brand business. And it was kind of like, 
we're bootstrapped, so we had uh, no cash. So when you have no cash, you kind of do the things uh, that are more time intensive. So that's a lot of organic. We did blogging and a lot of social media outreach. And I shared a story a lot on Reddit. And of course, I would try to share a story on podcasts and things like that. So that's always been a big, big portion of, of how we grew was uh, really organic just because that was, you know, the only way we could do it. And, um, you know, after a certain period of time, you just get good at it and you see the results and you uh, continue doing it. So it sounds like the channel came before the brand channel was 2012 brand came in, in 2013. Yeah. But by the end of 2012, I think we had like three or 400 subscribers. So it wasn't like we built this mega following uh, in that first year. And then we're like, oh yeah, we got this huge following. Let's launch a product for them. Uh, didn't have it at all like that. I, I, so how did you know to stick with it? Because I mean, what you're saying, like you you weren't doing videos that often and you only had a handful, like a, a couple hundred subscribers. Like there had to have been something that you saw or just knew instinctively that you guys were doing right. Yeah. So, I mean, it all goes back to when I got the vision for Beard Brand. Beard Brand was going to be this uh, company that united Urban Beardsmen and gave Urban Beardsmen the tools they needed to, to feel confident about their style. Um, so I always had this vision of like um, empowering guys to, to really um, be the guy they wanted to be, to, to be themselves. Um, I didn't know exactly what that meant um, in terms of like execution of products and things like that. Um, so what happened is like, uh, John's your, your typical entrepreneur. And after... Uh, like your ideas guy entrepreneur after like a month or two, he kind of like got bored of this project and he had a little kid at the time, little baby. So he started like, you know, taking care of the baby and uh, moving on to other projects. And he kind of like, you know, left me um, with beard brand to, to, to take and run. So uh, for a couple of months there, like I did nothing like beard brand was just a side project for me. And uh, you know, I, I was, a little upset because John wasn't, you know, um, pulling his weight anymore. And then I'm like, well, you know what, this isn't, this isn't really his, his passion project. You know, he's, he doesn't have a beard. It's, it's not his idea, you know, like it's okay. You know, like it's okay that he's not involved in it, but you know, I like it. This is something that I care about. It's something that I like talking about. So I'm just going to do it. So there was like a month or two month gap, uh, in our Tumblr feed where I wasn't posting any content. And then, I just got back into Tumblr and started posting on Tumblr. And then as I got ideas or inspiration for the YouTube channel, I would would create videos. Uh, And I had a lot of different ideas. Some of them were good and some of them were were not so good. Um, But just my willingness to try anything and everything helped shape the channel into what it's become now um, or the two channels that we have now. And it's just through the trial and effort and learning and you know, pivoting, I think is the buzzword everyone likes to talk about, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just like learning and refining and get better. So yeah, like learning, refining the consistency of like creating the content, like how long, how long would you say that you were doing that before in your head, you were kind of like, I made it like, how long was that going on for where you're like, okay, this is where I need to be investing my time. So really like it's more tied to the revenue of the business. And, uh, the business starts off as, hey, Beard Brain is going to be this nice little side project for me. And then it's like, ah, oh, hey, maybe this Beard Brain thing can be a nice little side project for me and my business partners. And then it's like, hey, you know, like uh, this 
this side project is now kind of my primary focus, but I want to keep my other projects. I had a, like a graphic design business at the time. And then it was like, Hey, this beard brand's taken all my time. I'm, I'm going to completely kill, you know, all my other side projects and focus on beard brand. And then it was like, Hey, we need to make our first hire. And I, f- I feel like it was at that point where we, we were making our first hire where I felt like the business was, you know, kind of like real and had potential and, you know, could be something that, that provided for my family. And that was uh, like about 10, 10 months into the business. We have a lot of conversations with either, you know, like heads of agencies or brands like yourself. And one of the things that we've heard sort of as a pretty common theme is in e-commerce, you know, you, you have to market yourself as a brand, not just as a product. And that's sort of like the maturity of your marketing model. Uh, you, and it sounds like you guys actually started with a pretty mature position of like, we're going to market ourselves as like, as a movement, as a community, you're creating an in crowd. And I think there's a lot of other e-commerce brands that look at what you've built and they would just, they would kill for it. And they're starting from square one. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to have people listening to this who haven't done a thing on YouTube. We have some tactical questions for you, but before we get there, like what advice would you give to a brand that just has not started building a community and where, where should they start? Yeah. I mean, well, the first thing is, do you need to build a community? That's always the first question. Like if you're an Amazon retailer and you're just, you know, like pushing widgets or whatever, maybe a community is, is not the intent. You you talk about like companies are like, you know, like I want to be a brand or I want to have this mission. The the reality is like at Beard Brand, we, we were never product first. Like the products that we sell are a way for us to generate revenue to support our mission and to grow our mission. So uh, we only sell the products we sell because that was clearly what the people who followed us were interested in. But to be fair, I love our products. I think we make great products. Don't get me wrong on that either, but it's not not what we're about. So if you want to be commu- like community focused or brand focused or mission focused, that has to be our mission. Like that has to be the reason why you're in business. That has to be the things that are driving you. You can't You can't come in and be like, oh yeah, man, I want to get rich and sell a bunch of widgets. And uh, oh yeah, I heard like branding or building a community is the way to do it. You're going to get all this money and then you go try to figure it out. Like that's just disingenuous and, and your your viewers will will cut through it, you know, like a high knife through butter, as they say. So, so you, just, you just have to be authentic. And so many people out there are not. And if you don't give a damn, then find something to give a damn about. And if you can't give a damn, then it's okay. You don't have to, to, to be brain focused. Like there's a lot of ways to build a business. I mean, that's a really important distinction. Like one, should you be building a community? Like, absolutely. You're pushing widgets on Amazon. Like you're clearly in it just to push as much product as possible. And having that vision, that mission, like that is the type of brand that is going to thrive with the community. And like, I mean, thank you for the blunt statement there on like, if you're building a community because you want to get rich off of it, like that's not the appropriate way to be doing this. It needs to be something built around a passion, a mission, a vision that you have for the brand. And like you said, like it wasn't product first. It was, hey, we have this movement and the products are something that came along with that movement. I guess I'm just kind of coming to the point of like fantastic advice. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, So I do have a couple, we do have a bunch of questions about YouTube specifically. And I know like, let, let's assume that we have 
a brand that is they're super passionate about something and they want to be building a community somewhere and they're deciding that that is going to be on YouTube. So I asked a couple of the people in our community, actually, a couple of the brands that are loyal followers of the podcast to give us some of the questions they'd like to be answered by a YouTube legend. So some of these questions are directly from them. So I'll get into some of those now. How do you decide what topics to cover? You talked like, hey, it's hit and miss, but like, what what's kind of the thought process on what kind of video is going to get created? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, it depends on the different stages of your channel, really. Like uh, for us in those early days, it was, you, you really don't know what's going to resonate with the YouTube audience. So you kind of create a lot of different things and a lot of different styles. And you see, you know, you really look at the data, you know, what's getting the most views, what's getting the most clicks, what's getting the most engagement. Once you refine it by data, then you kind of can continue to create content of that style. And um, you'll start to see that a, a lot of your audience, they engage with you, especially if you reply back to them. And in doing so, they're like, hey, man, I'd really love it if you did a video on this, or I'd really love it if you did a video on that. So your ideation actually gets a lot easier the more you create. You would think like, oh, I'm creating more and more. I'm going to run out of ideas. It's actually the opposite. The more you create, the more ideas you start to get. Also, the the more kind of long tail that you can go uh, with your content. So you can really start off broad and then like refine it more and more. Like we could do like best grooming routines for patchy beard, best grooming routines for full beard, best grooming routines for curly beards, you know, like all these like very specific things. So you're, you're really tailoring the content for people who... Um, I mean, it's just a lot more value the, the more long tail you can get. And uh, yeah, so it, does that answer how to get how to get content? Was that the question? Or it was a lot uh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you answered it for sure. And you broke it into like at the beginning, how do you choose a topic? And then what kind of happens after? And in the beginning stage there, when you're saying it's a bit more difficult, like when you're picking that topic, like we're in back in the day, were you looking at like SEO at all? Like are people searching for these terms? Like did that play into those early decisions before you started to get the community recommendations? No, I mean, I, I think on YouTube, like uh, creating content for search is like a fool's game. Uh, there's certainly opportunity there and it's the the number two search engine um, behind Google. So uh, it's happening, but the, the the majority of views are being found through the recommendation engine, through the sidebar and the homepage and stuff like that. So you've got to learn how to generate content that's going to get people to, to kind of click on your videos as they, they randomly run across from or as YouTube randomly uh, suggests them to the various audiences. Right. How big of an operation is it today versus I'm, I'm assuming when it was when it was just you and your co-founder, it was just the two of you doing the videos. But, you know, you guys have still maintained creating a pretty regular cadence of videos. So what does it look like today? Um, like how, how big is your team that's producing those things? Well, I'm six foot five and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a dad. So you can't, you can't leave those layups for me. But- it's a good, good dad joke. Yeah, so I, it was. Uh, it started off pretty much me as uh, the whole YouTube channel, and it was that way for probably the the first year. But I never wanted Beard Brand to be like Eric Brand. I've got uh, at times a divisive style or demeanor, and uh, I wanted to be a little more inclusive to the world. I wanted uh, people to be able to to connect with other personalities. So we started bringing in um, other talent, uh, Jeff Bon Cristiano. 
Joel Daniels or a couple of the early guys. And then we do like guest collaborations with uh, other YouTubers. Like uh, I had uh, Yo Ante on there. We've had like Wheezy Waiter. So we've always been willing to kind of like go a little more broad uh, with the, the talent. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know where I was going with that, but. No, that it, it's helpful because, you know, I think you, you said it earlier that like, you just have to get started and like you get better as you do more. And I think so many people get worried about that. Um, and it sounds like, I mean, at the beginning, you guys just set up a camera, you had a couple instinctive ideas of what a community like this might want. And then you launched. And I yeah, think, and, well, yeah. And I remember the, the, the team size now is, uh, I've got a full-time video editor and we've got a lot of agreements with like independent barbers who we can film. We have, um, three other regular talents beyond me. Um, Craig Brzezinski, Carlos Costa, uh, Ben Wilson, who all get compensated for uh, creating their videos. And then, uh, of course, me. And then we have like uh, some additional help, like cameraman uh, from like a part-time perspective. So it is a a pretty big uh, operation compared to, to where we started. And obviously, like from the early days, you've continued this, like you've built a team, there's more people involved in creating the video content. A couple questions here about what you see coming from YouTube. So like maybe just a very easy question, like what's the difference between that you see of people coming from YouTube versus say a different channel that are coming to the site? Yeah, you're not really getting direct clicks from people from YouTube. So you really don't know uh, where they're coming. Um, You can assume, so we do a post-purchase survey on our store using Grapevine. The best, we pay $3 a month for this app, the best $3 you can spend on on an app. So if you're on Shopify, get Grapevine and uh, it will help you get a little bit better analytics on your data. And we ask them, how did you first hear about Beard Brand? And 40% of our uh, customers first heard about us from YouTube. But if we looked at our traffic, I think like 1% of our traffic is coming from YouTube. So clearly it's building a brand, you're building awareness, and then people go and they search Beard Brand or they type in beardbrand.com and that's how they're coming to your website. So, you know, analytics can always be a little confusing, uh, a little muddy, and um, you kind of want to make sure that you figure out ways to, to clarify it. But I, I think um, like our YouTube guys are a little more loyal. You know, they, they understand the brand a little more. They understand like they'll call us out if, if we did something that's not really too brand or not consistent. You know, my, one of my favorite ones is, you know, lately... I've been creating titles like, uh, you know, like the worst hairstylers or the worst facial hair styles and stuff like this. And and one of the uh, commenters, he's like been following you for a long time. And I just, you know, you guys have been about like positivity and self-improvement and like all these negative um, titles aren't, you know, aren't really in brand. And, you know, my, my counterpoint is like, you know, our mission stays the same. We still is about embracing who you are. And, um, but like the, I can show you the data that shows like these negative titles, it clicks and views far more than the positive titles. And what good is creating a video if no one's going to watch it? So you kind of have to like, you know, as long as your core values are in the the content and the video, then uh, hopefully they'll, they'll see that. But, uh, you know, you're always going to have people keep you on your toes and make sure you're, you're pointing in the right direction. 
it's really interesting, like the balance of it all, like 1% of like, if you're just looking straight at the analytics, like 1% of traffic from YouTube, like that, that's insignificant, but 40% of people saying, Hey, that's the first place I ended up interacting with you and the brand. Like that's crazy. And in, in terms like taking a step away from like the e-com analytics and maybe into like YouTube specifically, what do you view as more important? Like you, you hit on it at the end there, like, is it viewership or is it subscribership? Like, what are you building for mostly on YouTube? Yeah, we don't we don't care about subscriber number. Uh, it's just like, in my opinion, it's a pure vanity metric. Yeah, we're we're just trying to get people to to view our videos and engage with the videos, enjoy the videos, and we don't care if they're subscribers. Obviously, um, it's nice to get people to subscribe, and it kind of shows your stuff. But you'll see, like, and we battle this all the time. But I mean, we've had a YouTube channel since 2012, so eight years now, and uh, you always have ups and downs. And right now, we're we're battling through like a, one of our doldrums, uh, which is not fun. But but we have 1.6 million, you know, subscribers, and and with those kind of subscribers, I would hope to get, um, you know, 160,000 views or 10% views. With that, but we're not getting that kind of engagement right now. So we're trying to figure out how can we get our content back. Uh, we we clearly have a lot of subscribers who are no longer like engaged with the brand, or they've moved on with their lives, or they're not on YouTube anymore. So you know, reigniting the the community becomes a challenge, and you're always going to have like different challenges on building on YouTube. It's so pure to hear you talk about the fact that subscribership is a vanity metric because it is there's a direct line to that statement and the, your mission statement of like why you guys do what you do. It's not to build the, 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 you know, not to get the most subscribers. It's to give, you know, it's to create content, to give like men the confidence to, to groom them. I'm, I'm, I'm butchering it, but to, to, you know, be confident through the way that they groom themselves. And, um, that's, uh, there's a certain purity to that, that you guys don't really care quite as much about the subscribership as I think that's the metric everyone would be looking at. I, I think who's starting a new YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, well, it's nice because it, it allows you to get on the, the podcast and tell your story and, you know, build authority that way. But, but the reality is it's, I, I'm never, Never really looking at metrics. It's nice when you break a million because you get the plaque. It's, it's more of like an indication of your hard work. We had a similar conversation before Alex and I jumped on this as we were just, you know, we were, we were presenting some stuff to the company and we got the question, how do you guys measure the podcast? And like, without getting into the full answer, because I know you know it, it's very similar to what you just said of like, yeah, I mean, there will be subscribers, there will be downloads, but like, it's the qualitative stuff that really matters. Like we get messages on LinkedIn all the time saying people like the show or they wanted to be on the show. And, or when someone signed up to become a loop customer, they said, you know, Oh, we heard about you guys on the podcast. And you know, if you, if you're going to get caught up in the metrics and the metric being the thing that you focus on, you're going to start optimizing for the wrong behaviors. Whereas if you focus on your mission and why you're creating the content in the first place, that sort of, that's the fuel that, that keeps you kind of driving towards the, the, the right content to create. Yeah, man. Podcasts, I'll tell you. <laughs> podcasts to me, like I've got my my own little show, e-commerce conversations, and it uh it's like talking into a black box, man. Like at least with YouTube, I can see the comments right there and people will call me out immediately and I just get that immediate feedback. Whereas on podcasts, I'm like, who's listening to this? I have no <laughs> idea. Like, is someone actually listening to this? I hope so, but uh, I'm gonna you know, so you have to like create it for yourself, right? Because you may not get that feedback and uh, you may never see those messages, but uh, there's certainly data to prove that people are listening to it, but you just don't know the impact that you could be making. You know, as someone 
you know, who has focused so much on YouTube, so much on community building. Are there other brands, e-com brands out there that you look at and say like, man, these guys are, these guys are doing a great job. They're either doing something similar to what you guys do, or maybe just doing something different that stands out to you. I've been following this one guy lately. Uh, Weston K is his name hmm. and his YouTube channel is called uh, Rose Anvil. And, uh, he does these videos where he'll like cut a shoe in half and it's not really like entirely related to his business. His business is Rose Anvil. Um, but he does sell like leather straps for cameras and suspenders or something like that. So it is kind of like an interesting way for him to kind of like build a, a little bit of a community and, and it also kind of gives him opportunities and, and, uh, options to, to grow beyond like his leather strap stuff if he ever wants to do that. So, I mean, the, the big ones, the typical ones, I think like Gymshark, right. Uh, the founder of Gymshark is pretty transparent, dude. He's got his own little channel that he walks through like building of the business, which as a business owner, I, I find is pretty interesting. Um, they seem like a really smart driven organization. Um, and then there's some guys who are doing like, um, paid, I think really well, like paid YouTube marketing, which in a sense can kind of be community building as well. Groove Rings, they've been a, a big resource for us, Groove Life, Groove Rings. And then in our space, uh, one of our, our competitors, Dr. Squatch, has absolutely blown up on YouTube recently with their creative. And I, I, I don't know if that's so much community building, but there is kind of a little bit of that feel to their content. I mean, those are all fantastic examples. We'll link some of those in the show notes so that everyone listening can can give them a peek. But um, it, it just sounds like there's so many people doing things in, in so many different ways. Like, Eric, if you were to go back to the beginning again, like, do you think, like, if you're starting again, a new brand today, do you think you'd still go as heavy in YouTube as you did? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> YouTube's great. Yeah. It's uh, great for so many reasons. Um, first of all, like video is the future. So whether it be on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, like you, by learning how to make videos for YouTube, you can start to, you know, translate that into uh, other things like creating stories on Instagram or IGTV or whatever it's called or uh, creating video ads, uh, which perform well to creating television ads. Um and then also like uh, community building. But beyond that, I mean, like YouTube is, in my opinion, the last social media platform that you can truly grow organically. Uh, I think Facebook will uh, tend to neuter, neuter your growth. Uh, Twitter, I guess Twitter, I've seen a few people grow organically, but it just, it seems like a, just like kind of a, a different kind of community there. Not only that, you can get paid. Like yeah, every other platform, you get to use their platform for free, right? But YouTube is paying you to create content, which no one else does. So, I mean, if you think about it that way, like we're literally getting paid to market to our customers. I, I didn't want to ask you that question, but since you brought it up, I mean, that must be a pretty meaningful, I'm not, I'm not asking the dollar amount, but that must be a not insignificant revenue stream for you guys having a subscriber base of 1.6 million and having as many videos as you do. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, for us, I mean, you're not going to get rich with the team size we have right. in the ad revenue we have. So we pretty much like break even. So the way we look at it is like all of our, 
our revenue costs or our, our ad revenue that we generate on our channel, we use to buy camera gear, to pay for our video editor, to pay for our talent, to pay for the barbers, pay for all that stuff. So it's kind of like a break-even thing for us. Uh, and we're okay with that. I'm sure there's, there's better opportunity. Um, and every like YouTuber is going to have like slightly different uh, business model on, on how they do things based on their sponsorship opportunities and their revenue opportunities. You had brought up other social networks. And one thing I was curious, um, do you, have you guys expanded to TikTok? Because I, I was thinking like TikTok, like people are growing subscriber bases over there so, so quickly. And like the con the content is so highly consumed, but it, does that fit with what you guys are doing? And are you doing anything there? Yeah, we're not, we're not on TikTok. I mean, <laughs> we all sound so we old even asking that. that question. I, I know there's, I know there's like older people on there, but I feel like it's a young, younger person's community. And, and we tend to, to, to have a slightly older yeah. um, audience, uh, a little as a premium product. I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's opportunity. I don't want to completely poo poo it, but I just hate the platform. It's too like ADD for me. It's yeah. too like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Everything's great. Flash, 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 dance, 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 smile, smile, smile. <laughs> it's like, dude, like that is, I mean, that is not real. That is not real. Agreed. And uh, I don't know what it's doing to these kids' brains to, to, to be consuming that kind of content all the time. I mean, we'll see, we'll see in five, 10 years what happens to the, the TikTok generation. Uh, Eric, one last question here for you. Um, one of the most common objections I get when we're talking about content community building with e-com brands is it takes too long. It's too slow. Like, do you have anything to say to the people who think that way? Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, this is like business one-on-one. It's hard. <laughs> like it's, it's hard if you're afraid of doing hard things and quit doing business because everything <laughs> in business is going to take time. Everything's going to be hard. Like if you're looking for overnight success, then, you know, like play the lottery. Um, but you know, that's not going to work. Like, uh, I mean, and, and I, the way we're able to do it is, is we don't think in, in like, weekly timeframes or monthly timeframes. We're thinking in like, you know, like decade timeframes. Like we're not trying to build this business to be the next unicorn and sell and capture the market share or whatever. We're, we're doing something that we believe in that we we're enjoying the journey. So building the community is part of the journey. We just started a new channel September of last year. And I was, I mean, pretty much starting at zero and we knew like, you know, no one's going to watch those early videos. Like you're not going to get good views, but that's what you got to do. You have to like suffer through it uh -huh. to see the efforts. And man, I love those quitters. I love the people who aren't willing to work to do the hard things. They're great, man. I wish they were all my competitors because we were just like, grinding. <laughs> we're just grinding. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, this has been, Eric, thank you for taking the time to do this. This has been equal parts educational and inspirational. I mean, I especially love that last part you just said around like, great, if it's, if it's, you know, if people don't want to do hard things that just works in your favor because you're going to outwork people. Um, I feel like we've, we've learned a lot from you. We've heard a lot around, you know, the importance of community building, the importance of sticking, sticking to a channel, you know, and, and not diversifying too far. Like YouTube is what you guys are great at. And that is your core differentiator. It's the way that you build a community. It's the way that you build a brand. I think the people who listen to this episode are going to get a lot out of it. Um, 
you know, I think also your, your, your honesty around building a community isn't for everybody. I, I think oftentimes people think in, they think in tactics, they think in channels, they don't necessarily think, you know, what would be best for my customer base or what would align the best with my mission. And I think, you know, our listeners will appreciate hearing from someone who has had to go through that decision-making framework and it did work for you. But I think hearing the honesty around, it's not, it's not for everybody. I think people will get a lot out of that. So, um, before we let you go, is there, I know, I know YouTube is, is one place that they can, our listeners can go find you. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes, but you also mentioned you guys have a podcast. Is, is there, is there somewhere we can, we can link them to there? Cause I want to send as much of our audience your way as we can. Yeah. E-commerce conversations. It's uh, hosted by practical e-commerce and, uh, Twitter is my, my favorite channel. So if you ever want to interact with me and ask me questions, hit me up on Twitter. It's my last name at Dan Holtz. Perfect. We'll do that. Well, great. Thanks. Thanks again, Eric and Beard Brand. Thanks, everyone. That's been The Exchange, presented by Loop, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.